0: Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. I am Warren Munson, the host of the podcast where founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and experts from a variety of sectors are interviewed to explore the link between personal and business success. In line with Evolve's principles, we also look at the importance of personal development, accountability, and collaborative support in the pursuit of meaningful success. Through the insights of our guests, as well as my own business journey, the aim is to inspire you, the listener, to become better in life and in business. Welcome to this week's episode. My guest today is Katie Street, founder and managing director of Street Agency, a marketing and advertising agency. Often referred to as the agency for agencies, Street Agency works to develop a unique process that enables agencies to create deeper engagement with their clients and their audience. But one business was not enough. In March this year, Katie also co-founded Tamba, which empowers agencies to grow their revenue by giving agency leaders and their teams the training, support, and content they need to attract and win more new clients. She is also the host of her own podcast, Word on the Street, as well as an award-winning marketing and new business director. Among other things in this episode, Katie gives some tips on how to stand out from the crowd in the digital marketplace.
1: The starting point always has to be understanding the needs of your audience. Talks about implementing
0: a four day week at her agency.
1: There's no effect at all on their output. You know, I don't feel our clients suffer in any way. They work really, really hard and they turn up on a Monday, you know, super wearing to go having had a three-day weekend.
0: And reveals what she hopes her own approach to life has taught her daughter.
1: For her, as a young woman, um, you know, she's seen me go along this journey and she's she is incredibly proud of me, although she gets annoyed that I work too much sometimes. Um, you know, she's very proud and uh it you know, hopefully by you know taking the leap and you know going into the world of you know, owning my own business has taught her a bit as well.
0: If you want to learn so much more about Evolve and the services we offer from our peer networks to our events, we're back with real live events in October with the Business Leaders Lunch and a whole business festival in Bournemouth, Christchurch and Poole in November. Please do go to our website, evolvemembers.com. There, you can register to be part of our community for free, get your weekly insights and newsletter, and have a look at our content. And if you haven't listened to the previous episodes of our podcast, details of where you can find those. But for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast, Katie.
1: Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me, Warren.
0: Yeah, it was great to have you as a guest on the podcast. You are a podcast host yourself with your Word on the Street podcast. I'm sure we'll touch on that during the course of the conversation. But you spent a lot of time working in very senior roles, director-level roles in a number of large creative agencies before you established the Street Agency. So what was the desire and drive to go out on your own and form your own business, Katie?
1: Great question. Straight in there, Warren. I like it.
0: Straight in there.
1: (laughs) Um, I guess... um, Well, lots of things. So first of all, probably frustration that I wasn't always able to do things exactly how I wanted to do them and I knew, you know, or I thought I knew, and hopefully my growing business shows that I did know, uh, yeah. how to do things, you know, maybe better than it was being done. And ju- I guess just the, you are know, certainly working in larger businesses. And I've been, you know, very lucky to work at very kind of small creative agencies and, and sit on the board of some of them, um, as well as working in very large, um, you know, networked agencies as, as well as very large companies beforehand. And I think just the, length of time sometimes that it used to take to get things done and convincing whether it was a small business and I was you know very close with the the owner of the business or you're reporting into a, a CEO just just I guess the amount of time that it would take to get an idea okayed to to give it a go because I'm I'm very action orientated I like to get things done so I think frustration that I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do that I believed would work sometimes not saying everything but you know I couldn't do everything that I wanted um so that I guess was one driver and then freedom to a certain extent I think I'm a you know I'm a single mom uh my daughter is 13 now and I've lived on my own with her for 12 of those 13 years and just having what you know, I guess is a better work-life balance. Now, I'm not saying that I've got that down to a T because I'm a real workaholic, but I thought it would be, I thought yeah. I'd have so much more time when I run my own business or at least be able to make my own decisions. And do you know what? Um, we're only just over two years old and I've got an awesome team and I'm definitely, you know, Start. I mean, we're incredibly busy, so I don't have lots of free time, but of course I have the, a bit more freedom of choice. So I think those two were probably the two key things. And then the third one, which probably is the most important, is I knew that I could make a difference and really help a lot of people. And that was, that was you know, although those were the most, the two kind of biggest reasons underlying, I just felt that if I was to do something on my own, there would be more people that I would be able to help. I was always in demand and people were always touting me, you know, to go headhunting me to go and work for them. So I just thought, you know what? I might be able to help lots of agencies if I do this on my own. And yeah, that's what we're doing today. That's what it's turned out to be.
0: I mean, it's quite interesting what you say about that work-life balance one, isn't it? Because I don't think that there is such a thing that does exist. But a lot of us do start our businesses thinking that's what we're going to get. But the early days can be anything but that and that can be quite disheartening at times have you been through that journey you say you're coming out the other side of that perhaps and you know growing a great team and that gives you the opportunity but sometimes you just don't you start the business with that kind of dream or that idyllic kind of way of thinking and it doesn't quite transpire does it
1: no not exactly how you think it might do but it definitely has given me more freedom I guess you know the key is being able to you know I guess, let go of certain things, which is not always yeah. easy to do when you're when you've got big ideas and you're used to kind of, you know, doing things yourself. So that's a that's something that I'm probably still grappling with. But, you know, having really great people, um, you know, and finding great people, it's not that easy to do sometimes. I've been very lucky that I've had, you know, I, it sounds horrible, but, you know, the benefit of the pandemic in that, One, it's given us, you know, it's really helped us grow because we've got a captive audience of people that are sat from home. So my podcast and the webinars that I host, um, you have got probably better traction than we ever would have got if there was no lockdown. And also I've been able to recruit some of the most amazing people that I've ever worked with because they were either furloughed or made redundant. and we were growing whilst other businesses maybe hadn't focused on marketing themselves and doing some of the things that we do you know we're we're having staff on furlough we you know took the opposite approach which has worked very well for us so in a way I've been I've been lucky but yeah it's been it's also been really hard work you know the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was sat out you know in the sunshine or what it, that's what i felt like everyone was yeah, doing we all,
0: that's what people were doing i'm not sure as, know, as business not, owners not, we were doing
1: that no, not all of us but you know i was working incredibly long painful days you know adopting mm-hmm. new technologies new new ways of working um you know and working probably harder than we we ever have so but i do feel like you know we've you know we've we've gone through that pain. I think whatever, you know, even without a pandemic, there would have been a similar curve, but maybe just not quite as sharp a curve as
0: we have yeah. had. Seize the opportunity while the moment exists. <laughs> yes. And you you talk about being the agency for agencies. So what does that really mean?
1: So I guess where we're a bit different to, to, to other people in the market, and that is, again, one of the reasons that I went out on my own is because I had a very strong belief that there was a better way for agencies to attract and win new business. And we're not a traditional lead gen new business appointment setting agency, which there is a flood of. Uh, Not a flood of. That's actually a real exaggeration. For agencies, there's a select few. um, Probably I could name ten people that kind of do a similar thing to us but all do it in a in a slightly different way so we take a much more strategic marketing led approach to building engagement so we're we're very much focused on building an engaged audience through developing fantastic thought leadership content that engages an audience rather than bashing out phones or sending out you know emails going look how brilliant we are look what we've done it's very much trust us engage with our helpful content we will still stand out case studies and things that prove you know what what the you know potential agency that we're working with has done so we've we've taken a much more marketing agency approach to attracting and winning new clients for agencies so we're quite unique
0: okay a bit different and, and obviously you've got that niche focus which is great I suppose one of the challenges that businesses that are niche and focus on one sector like yours has is you are working with competitor businesses sometimes aren't you how do you deal with that challenge because that that would help some of our listeners that you know are looking at niches and are looking at vertical markets and how can they benefit from that and how do you overcome the challenges of working with competitor businesses
1: yeah so I guess some of them could do what we do um and we do work with competitors but but most of the time, they just don't have the time and they're not specialist in the area that we're specialist in so we don't tend to work with people that you know although i have done it's we don't tend to work with other agencies you know as part of what we do we tend to we tend to be the one agency in the mix that does exactly what we do that being said i am the midst of launching another business um which actually warren i should get your advice on so it's called tanba t-a-n-b-a and it stands for the agency new business academy and it's a learning and development membership platform that enables you to learn everything that we do for clients yourself so you can do it for yourselves um so that is You know, flooded with some really great partners that we're working with um, to offer discounts to anyone who joins the membership. Um, So in that vein, you know, my I guess my my approach to these things are, you know, to give and be helpful. And there's a lot of agencies out there. There's 25,000 agencies in in the UK, I think. At last count, it's probably wow. a bit more than that, maybe maybe a bit less. I don't know. But last count was around about 25,000. And you know, like I said, I can name about 10 businesses that do the kind of thing that we do, but maybe all in slightly different ways. So to me, that means there's plenty of market for all of us. You know, I don't need yeah. I don't need a thousand clients, let alone you know 25,000
0: small part of that market and having the niche focus enables you to do that
1: and we're not for everyone and you know we you know we offer a very you know different way of doing things that we stand behind and that we know works for our clients but you know some people want a different approach and and we're not going to be for everyone I'm I'm very mindful of that and yeah we have chosen to niche but um We may not do so forever. We're growing quite quickly. We've already got clients outside of the agency world because clients that we had who worked in agency world have gone on to other businesses and taken us with them. So we're now breaking the mold, although we're not marketing it and we're still not marketing to other B2B businesses. We are working with other B2B businesses, actually with some fantastic successes. So who knows? It may... May all change, yet.
0: May <laughs> all yet change. But well, that's the great thing about running your business. You can see where the opportunities are and you can pursue them, can't you? And you you get to make that decision as to do we go left, do we go right, or are we just on the right course as we are?
1: Exactly. And it is it's tough to make those decisions sometimes, especially as a as a business owner on my own. Mm. Um, you know, I don't have obviously I've got a fan like I say, a fantastic team and I've and I'm setting up a kind of leadership team. And actually I'm part of your one of your courses at the moment the- yes you're doing
0: one of the evolved peer groups yeah.
1: yeah i love it been so so helpful um and i'm also working with a non-exec from the same world as me who has built and grown and sold his agency twice um so you know, taking advice and having some other people and or person, in my case, both at the moment, which I feel very lucky to kind of bounce these things off in a trust environment has been incredibly useful, because there are things that we probably weren't doing that I should have been doing, like we're really good at our new business and marketing, because we have to be, that's what we do. But I probably haven't been quite as good at recruiting as quickly as I could or should have done. So the team are quite stretched. So all that, you know, this, the experience of other people that have been on this journey has been amazing.
0: The experience with your peers is invaluable, but the one that's really that also has really made a difference to me is having a mentor, non exec, somebody you can turn to who you can look in the eye and say, Look, this is what I'm feeling sometimes, not just for advice, but this is what I'm feeling. Is this feeling right or wrong? And they can say, Yes, you know, I was there, I've been through that, and you, you just don't feel so isolated, do you? That's the thing, Katie.
1: Definitely. And it's finding the right, I've been really lucky. Someone introduced me to mine, but we're actually very similar. I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It feels like a good thing. But we're very, very similar characters. I get on very well with him. In fact, we went to Rick Stein's for lunch on Friday uh, and managed managed to get through a couple of bottles of wine, which was lovely, on a sunny Friday afternoon. Um, But, you know, it's that for me, like you say, just having someone that you know gets you, that you can trust, that, you know, I I have my own weekly session with him and then he's helping us with a few other things within the business at the same time um has been a real you know expensive and I was a bit scared like oh gosh should I should I be doing this but actually worth it's weight in gold really has been yeah
0: if you get the right person on board and you have that connection then it is worth its weight in gold without a shadow of a doubt i absolutely agree with you so obviously i can't have you on the podcast as a sort of marketing agency kind of guru, new, new biz generation without asking you some of your top tips. So for businesses generally, what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes businesses are making right now in terms of their marketing and new business gen activity, Katie?
1: I think, you know, certainly over the past year, year and a half, lots of people turned their marketing off because mm. they were scared about budgets and looking, you know, particularly at the industry that I work in so the you know the creative and marketing industry you know the the agency world the agencies that have turned off their marketing have not grown as much as the ones that didn't turn it off so I think my the biggest mistake and I think this is for any business and there are some really interesting stats out there and I know of, of course she's going to say that she runs a marketing business mm-hmm. but it really is true you know businesses that shut down their marketing amidst a pandemic will not be growing at the rate that those are, you know, investing in their marketing. And you can look at previous, you know, previous activities, you know, those that marketed themselves through pandemics have done incredibly well, you know, Amazon, various others, they've taken Mm. huge market share when the world has been a bit quieter. So I think, you know, to me, people that have shut down their sales and marketing, um, big mistake.
0: Yeah. And it will come home to roost or is coming home to roost at the moment.
1: It will, because, you know, the, the fact is, and, and this is, again, kind of goes back to where how we work, I guess, maybe a bit differently to others is it's about building an engaged audience. So you can never turn that tap off. You know, you, you'll know this, Warren, and I get your emails. Yeah. So I know, you know, I know that you do it ever so well as well, which yeah. is good. But, you know, you, there are people that don't understand or respect that. So they, jumpstart or you know we'll do a campaign and then we'll stop and then we'll jump back Mm -hmm. in and I think certainly for b2b marketing you can't really do it like that you can't just disappear and then turn back up and hope that everyone still remembers you it's the same with any kind of relationship or anything you're you're in it has to be a consistent effort and drip feeding that really nice Helpful content that people are going to learn from that they're going to mean they listen to. You. So I think to me, anyone who isn't doing that or has stopped doing that because they thought that was you know the best thing to do for their budget that that's the biggest mistake. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be expensive. You can do these things quite cost effectively. Um, you know, I'm only a small business, but we've still managed to do it.
0: And in yeah, 2008 nine learned that lesson and very much did that and continued to do it through you know, the last 15 months is I think this is the time to build the brand. You now, I'm really passionate with Evolve and Inspire that actually this is the time to be out there supporting the business community, sharing information, sharing content, putting an arm around people and supporting them and that will build the brand and that's the marketing activities. For us, it's been content and brand driven that will now mean that perhaps compared to our competitors, we'll be seen and we'll be visible and that, this cost um you know will lead to opportunity as we go forward and it already is but it's a it is a perverse when you're cutting back on other costs it can be a perverse as a business owner decision to be making but yeah i absolutely agree with you that it's the only thing you can do
1: yeah and it's you know if you don't i think you know we've seen it with a, certain agencies you know that they mm-hmm. have stopped and they might get lucky they you know they may have been working really hard on partnerships and other things in the background that might help get them through but you know if you're not talking to your audience then the likelihood is someone else is and mm-hmm. who are they going to speak to when you know like you say they've got budget or they've got a scratch that they need to yeah. itch itch they need to Definitely. scratch not scratch they need to itch you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah <laughs>
0: And I suppose the other big question in this kind of marketing world that we live in at the moment is the digital versus traditional marketing. So where do you sit on that? On I suppose it's got to be different for B2C maybe than B2B, but in a B2B world, where do you sit on the use of traditional marketing, the digital, Katie?
1: Yeah, do you know what? I would love... Traditional, um, you know, I've grown up working in B two C marketing and and working in big publishing houses and for drinks brands before I moved to the to the world of agency, uh, and and a lot of the campaigns that I've worked on, you know, when I've been at agencies have been you know more traditional print and media campaigns rather than pure digital. So I am a big fan of printed media. I personally, you know, I think because of everything that's happened, we're all stuck in a bit of a digital world that we can't really get out of. So, you know, digital is, I think, helping people grow more quickly. That being said, I think, you know, as hopefully the world starts to get back to, you know, the new normal or whatever we want to call it, I think people will really want to have, you know, those kind of more physical traditional marketing comms back in their life, because they'll feel a bit special, but they'll need to be done in a really good, you know, way. I mean, I love, you know, I grew up in experiential marketing. So event marketing, I think, when it comes back, be it, you know, it's probably not going to be this year on grand scale, although I am going to my first marketing conference, in a couple of weeks time which in fact less than a couple of weeks time next week is it i think next week um in a car park at the old truman brewery called mad (laughs) fest um so you know it i do think those kind of in life experiences are going to be really really important again so i Mm. think as the world starts to get back to normal everyone feels a bit safer uh that actually events and kind of face-to-face marketing is going to really take off because we've all been craving those human interactions that we haven't had those
0: connections we're we're humans aren't we and we want connection and businesses that can give connection and share their knowledge and experience at the same time i can see how that will be something that proves to be popular katie
1: Yeah, agreed. So I think, you know, that to me outside of digital, if I was looking at my plans, 2022 and beyond, the only other thing, you know, as much as I want to, from a B2B perspective, start, you know, putting lovely little mailers in the post and things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're maybe not going to reach people still, because a lot of people are still going to be working from home, the world is different to what it once was. But I am certainly even towards the end of this year going to start doing more kind of intimate gatherings and events not just for us but also for our clients so yeah we'll let you know how that goes
0: yeah watch this space yes and I
1: suppose with everybody
0: actually the other challenge at the moment is with everybody being in a digital world is how you know any tips on how you can stand out from the crowd how you can stand out from the noise because the volume of noise out there with everybody trying to still promote their businesses but doing it digitally it makes it really difficult to be the one seen and heard any tips
1: yeah lots so okay so the starting point um always has to be understanding the needs of your audience so to me the biggest thing that you can do to get your marketing right is to really start to understand what the problems are that the people that you need to talk to potentially have not just their personal problems like not not problems in their marriage like Matt Matt Hancock might have this week (laughs) um sorry that was a bit of a blooper um but (laughs) I'm talking more about you know what are the business problems and maybe the problems they have as an individual within their role that you can help them with so in order to identify those, one of the things that we do when we're working with clients to understand, you know, a bit more about them and therefore help them develop what that value proposition may be is we look at what's happening in the market. So, you know, looking at, we'll do some desk-based research, we'll, you know, Google is your friend, just Google what, you know, yeah. it, it can be that obvious, like, don't be scared to put something quite basic into Google, like, what problems are the X industry facing, or whatever it might be, because that you'll find some really interesting articles. Um, so we do desk-based research to understand what's happening in the marketplace. We look at the news, we look at your know, industry bodies and press, etc. Once we've collated that, we'll start to get a good understanding of you know what the what the world is saying is wrong with the marketplace, and then we'll often speak to our clients and say, can we. Chat with your clients to understand what it is that they truly value about how they how they work with you. And that often, you know, just some basic a 10, 15 minute conversation with four or five clients can kind of give you some, you know, some real key pointers. And that might be if you're a different kind of business, I don't know, speaking to your salespeople. That's another thing yeah. we often do. Who's you know, who's speaking to your prospects every day? What are there any commonalities in the problems that they're having? So the second one is audience. The third one is looking at your peers and your competitors. So, you know, what are they saying? You'd hope that they will have done some research. Are they getting engagement on their social channels? What are they talking about? What subjects are they You know, providing insights and content about, Um, and then the final one, which is number four, is just looking internally at yourselves. What is it? What's your vision, mission, aspirations? Obviously, not all, not everyone has that, but you know, written down. But if again, if you haven't, then you should. Um, So yeah, once we've understood understood all those four things, we'll go right. These are the needs of the audience. This is what you provide here's the obvious value exchange and therefore that starts to help us set the content strategy the subjects that we should be talking about because we know that their audience we've qualified it by looking at various different you know areas we've qualified it to say you know this is what you need to be talking about so if you haven't got your subjects right and your content strategy right and your value exchange you know understood then the rest of it will fall flat on its face so that's the first thing that i always say to do
0: okay so otherwise you just got to get the right otherwise you're just adding to the noise aren't you and you're exactly. just putting the volume out there and throwing darts at a dartboard i assume
1: and hoping for the best and do you know what you might get lucky you might and you know you may have good intuition on these things and you know, to a certain extent, I use my intuition on my because I'm, you know, I'm very lucky that I speak to so many people within my industry. I host a webinar and the podcast, which is a great way to get, you know, direct feedback.
0: But is that intuition or is that experience?
1: Well, probably experience but you then start yeah. to think it's intuition because you're just so used to doing it I guess and I speak to so many people but you know I, that you you never stop and and you know I promise this isn't a setup for Evolve but you never stop you know I never feel like I stop learning and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons not I don't just host my podcast because it's a great marketing tool which it absolutely is but also because I get to speak to you know people that are potential clients of mine that i'm learning from and understanding their challenges and getting a better understanding of what's going on within my marketplace mm. so you know, every single week speaking to people in my industry is filling me with knowledge and i'm learning stuff every week which is great
0: yeah. which is exactly what i say about the evolve to succeed podcast is that people say "Well, why are you doing it what's the benefit and i say well i get to speak once a week to somebody for 45 minutes to an hour that I wouldn't normally speak to and I talk to them about their industry or their issues or their problems or how they've succeeded and you always come away with some additional knowledge insight experience that you can learn from it's it's great self-development actually yeah it sounds a bit selfish to our sorry listeners but yeah that's kind of what it is and you hope that therefore because you're enjoying the conversations they convey that knowledge to the listeners and they can grow and develop as individuals as well
1: exactly and you know I learned so much every single week I absolutely love hosting the podcast like I was saying to you a minute ago Warren I'm not very good at prepping for them so uh I have a fantastic team that (laughs) help keep me organized um but you know I turn up to every podcast and there's never a time that I don't learn something and then another great thing is you know I mean I would be silly if I wasn't admitting it is it is you know it does help you speak to people that you potentially would like to speak to from a new business point of view you know it's connecting Mm -hmm. you with what a nice way to reach out to someone that you want to potentially you know become a client oh hi would you like to become on my podcast I'd love to talk to you about how you've done x y and z or about some of your challenges or whatever the subject is rather than hey look at my agency look how great I am do you want to work with me well the likelihood is they'll ignore the second one but the invite to the podcast they probably
0: won't ignore no um but it comes back to value exchange again doesn't it i suppose that's a great another example of value exchange so going back you've created that you've now worked out how you're going to stand out and you've got your content and you've got you know your subject matter and you've created this kind of value exchange how do you really leverage that though because there's still even when you get that right you're putting the content out there you've got to leverage it in some way shape or form yes how do you go about doing that in the right way katie
1: Yes. So lots of lots of tips here. And I hope these are helpful and in some way structured, but it's probably just going to be a bit of a mind dump. So (laughs) first tip is to make sure that you're doing things regularly. So rather than, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, you're just going, right, I'm going to chuck this content out. Over the next three months, because, or the next six weeks, whatever it might be, because we need, we've got to draw up some business now, and I haven't done anything for ages. You need to make sure things are happening regularly because. As Warren, you will know, um, and I know from hosting the podcast, you know, people come to expect things happening if you keep doing them. So whether that's a podcast that goes out weekly, or I also host a monthly webinar, um, you know, lots of other clients of ours, we do lots of other different types of tactics, which might be a weekly roundup that they're releasing on social or as a little video clip, or it might be you know a dinner I mean not now but a dinner that they host Mm. you know every month or whatever that might be have some regularity in it because then people will expect it they'll continue to dial into it and that's really how you how you build and you'll continually be able to pull people in so first of all make sure there's some consistency I guess you know other points and and there's lots of them you know two you need to make sure that you look like you've got stand out so mm. you know does your brand help you get noticed you know is it is it different to you know from a look and feel point of view does it look different to uh, everyone else in the marketplace or do you look quite similar to everyone else you know all of your peers and competitors that's worth looking at when you're you know doing your other research for the kind of value exchange piece. Is how do you appear compared to others now there's lots of different you know thought processes on this but one of my favorite books um by Richard Chotten um called The Choice Factory it talks about the 25 behavioral biases and I'm going to name this wrong but one of them is about standout so it's about you know if everyone else zigs you should zag so make okay. sure okay. that you look different because from a you know that is a a marketing behavior that people will buy into you'll get noticed if you're you know someone that's looking at a sea of blue in the financial services sector if you're pink like klarna did uh you know then klarna've got a huge standout because they don't look like any of their competitors and and look how fast they've grown so i think you know, do really think about how you appear and make sure that you push your content out in a way that gets you some kind of standout in, and is you know, I like bold and brave, but you know, that everyone's different. And then in terms of other tips, I mean, gosh, there's so many, um, use the right tools. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, digital and where, where are we today? Our tech stack at street. I hadn't really recognized this until, uh, the non exec that i'm working with sort of said to me he was like you're you that really underpins what you do we use lots of different technologies that do most of them do talk to get talk to each other but make sure that you've got the right technologies to enable you to do what you do there are so many technologies that will enable you mm-hmm. to do things more quickly um, we're just testing a new one uh this is a great little tip um called lately.ai that is what Gary Vernacek uses in order to shatter his content down. So I'm a big one for do something regularly, do it once and then do the best that you can to shatter that content. So when I'm talking about, you know, when I say my podcast, so with my podcast, I'll record the podcast. That will go out on Apple and Spotify and wherever else it goes. So I have an hour or whatever the recording length is that goes out on those channels. We'll also then course put that on our website and write it up and there are some great tech tools that help us write things up and do the show notes and everything quite quickly um otter.ai is one of those uh but lately.ai i believe it helps do that even better um and then we'll do you know maybe four or five different social posts so we'll have you know a couple of video posts we'll do an audiogram we'll develop what we call a value post which has got your know, slide shares where you're sharing points across that all will then drive them to the website to go and listen to the full podcast, or they'll just yeah. engage with that and that's enough. So think about how you can shatter your content. And there are some great platforms out there like lately.ai, um, which enable you to do that. It actually learns, you put in all your keywords, it look and you and your peers and your competitors and your own website and everything else. It then uses AI to learn the popular search terms from an SEO. Point of view and it will actually pull out quotes for you for your social posts and video clips. If it's a video, I know it's amazing. And that's how you produce content at scale. So also make your life easy by using technologies. There are so many out there um, that we use. There's my takeaway
0: from the podcast, me, Ursula, Amy and Oliver. I'm going to go over lately.ai.
1: Go and check it out. There are some great ones. There's another, you we use, um, currently we use something called Content Cal. um, which does a very kind of similar thing but not quite at the scale as as lately dot, dot ai but so there's loads out there but you utilize the power of technology because we couldn't do what we do without i mean God, i mean goodness knows how many platforms we actually use now way too many but they all save us a huge amount of time and enable us to do what we do so have a look at your tech stack there's so many amazing platforms out there to power your marketing these days brilliant Great tips. And looking at your kind of background, you've won
0: awards for both your marketing but also leadership in business. I wanted to touch on leadership and how you're leading your own business and perhaps some of the challenges you find leading your own business compared to being a sort of director level individual in somebody else's businesses. So, what's the challenges you perhaps found and what are you doing differently now it's your business?
1: Oh, God. Well, I probably need some help with this bit, Warren.
0: (laughs) <laughs> not
1: exact <non-exec. laughs> yeah I know well I think for me you know I'm I I am a quite a personable person and you know I hope that all of my my staff see me as a, I mean one of my the most important things is you know that the company and everyone that I employ see me as a leader and not a boss mm. I don't have that you know kind of never going to be a scary well I hope not Mm -hmm. uh, a scary boss it's much more about enabling my team and you know giving them the opportunities maybe that I wasn't given and much less about you know this control I mean I've worked at some amazing places but then been like you know you're 10 minutes late into work you know you're we're going to Mm -hmm. give you disciplinary like I've been dropping my daughter at school like you know come on (laughs) I work every evening for you so things like that that to me really don't mean anything that you know i, I guess that i learned from you know all of my staff are empowered to you know control their own days we run a four-day working week so condensed wow. hours yes which is so which, how does
0: that work then? yes That's, and it does work everybody's talking about flexible working and maybe a three two kind of work from home work from office type pattern but you've gone one step further so you've gone to a four-day week and we condensed have. hours have you
1: so we do 34 hours um a week um and some of the staff do do that um and and work a bit on a friday because they've got you know some of the staff that are maybe less client-facing or involved with campaigns and doing design work and other things um or that are still studying so yeah there's a there is a bit of flexibility there but majority 90% of the staff do a four-day week and you know work really long days from Monday through to Thursday uh nine till you know or eight till six or not you know between the hours of eight and six and there's no effect at all on their output it you know I don't feel our clients suffer in any way they work really really hard and they turn up on a Monday you know super wearing to go having had a three-day weekend so but then you know they do have the opportunity to you know if they need or or want to to work on a friday occasionally so it's it's you know it's basically we've empowered them to to have you know to have the week that they want to have but what works for them Yeah. And I don't think that there's been any, you know, it's how I set the company up to be fair. I mean, the idea is that I'm supposed to do it as well, but I never, I know I record my, I do, I actually think on a Friday for us in our sector, not a lot happens. So I use my Fridays actually because none of the staff are in to record my podcast, to do the things that I um, couldn't do in the, you know, week because I'm very, very busy, you know, doing other things and more client facing things it tends to be we tend to be a lot quieter on a Friday so it makes sense to do things that way. So you can lead
0: Monday to Thursday and self-develop and generate your own content and focus on your own marketing on a on a Friday.
1: Exactly and be a crazy person and launch another new business because of course my existing one that's already growing isn't keeping me busy enough.
0: So how's that come about then how's Tamba come about because obviously and are you finding it a distraction?
1: Do you know what? Good question. Uh, No, because the two should work very well together. So the the plan always initially was actually I was going to do it on my own. So Tamba is actually co-owned by me and two other people. Um, So we are launching it as a team of people rather than just street. Because I think if I was launching it as just street, it would have been not, 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 bad but more about me whereas what we're trying to do is bring the best people across the sector together to teach everyone you know various different ways of doing things so there is no one way to crack this nut there's lots of different ways so the two actually, Tamba and Street, work very, very well together. Although it sounds like Tamba basically will teach you everything that Street does for you. It will teach you lots of other different ways of doing it as well. But there's always going to be people that need it doing for them. You know, we're yeah. not going to, um, you know, we're not going to remove the need by launching Tamba for anyone to have any marketing support ever again. We're yeah. hopefully going to teach people how to do it better. Um, but yeah, so the idea is that they. They work really well together. And when I first came up with the idea, it was just going to be a street thing and an added thing to street. But I just don't think it would have worked like that. So it's become its own branded thing that sits totally separately to um, street agency and has its own platform and its own login. And, yeah, I'm so excited. We're just about to we're launching beta testing in july and we should go officially live and start making some money uh in september Um, (laughs) so that's the plan
0: the magic moment (laughs) yes good luck with that i'm sure our listeners will watch out for it and i suppose that leads to a kind of question you've started a business on your own you've started you said right at the start of this podcast because in essence you quite wanted the control of your own destiny in some way shape or form or control of the narrative and being able to make decisions. You've now started a business with others. So you've got partners. You're not, you know, Katie on her own. How do the two businesses feel? One's having to be very collaborative and one you can still be very direct in.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? It does. It's funny um, because it's two very different beasts. And I love things about both of them. So Street's great because I don't have to ask for permission (laughs) and I can just make decisions and it's done straight away. But I, again, you know, I've been really lucky. Oh, I guess lucky. No, let's not say lucky. I've chosen two business partners that, you know, are fantastic and wonderful people as well Mm. as, you know, my business partners. They're people that I trust. And as a group, we're still able to make those decisions quite quickly and also pull you know they're they're both um you know also very famed within the industry that I work in they run uh the BD100 uh, which celebrates the top 100 people in the world of what one of the awards actually that I've won a couple of times wow. but I won't be able to win it anymore because I'm now becoming a judge and it felt <laughs> a bit unfair for me to be able to to win the award um so you know they're very well connected they've also been doing what I do you know, in a slightly different way for a very long time. So they come with different ideas, different contacts, different, you know, views on things. So together, it does work. Um, it does work really, really well. And, and it does feel like, you know, I guess, which I don't have so much at Street, or I haven't had until I've now got this non-exec on board with me. Um, it feels a bit more like you've got people that can help cover you in a bit more like a team whereas street although my team are amazing you it's not their business at the end of the day it's my business Mm. um so you know it it feels very it feels very different and there's there's good things about both
0: cool so as we start to round up just some sort of more quickfire questions maybe so right now what hard thing are you not doing enough of katie
1: oh good question what hard thing am i not doing enough of probably and it is hard, is recruiting. We're not recruiting, okay. we haven't recruited as quickly um, or focused on building an engaged audience of people that might want to come and work with us. I think we, we probably have through the marketing that we've done, but we haven't really exposed ourselves to that from a recruitment point of view. So that's something, you know, getting, getting people on board more quickly um, and probably giving up tasks I just ha- is feels hard and haven't done it quickly enough.
0: So that that's that theme coming out of delegating that you yes. talked about earlier. Really, just not delegating enough.
1: Yes, but and it, it's that's hard. a tough one
0: as a business owner, and that's really hard because particularly when it's been you and it's your business and you've started it, you need to let go because you you won't grow unless you do. But that that just easing it out of your hands into somebody else's is is a challenge, isn't it? I think that we've all in business um, faced and you talked about your daughter so what has had you know the effect of running your own business had on your personal
1: life yeah i think it's definitely given me more freedom but i don't know if and hopefully you didn't hear or that it wasn't too ruffled but she did just walk in the room she just got back off the bus and i was shooing her away <laughs> <laughs> so warren you're probably thinking what is katie up to i was just trying to shoo her out there she was letting the dogs in i was like no i'm doing a podcast. Shush. Um, so I think as a whole, it's definitely given us, you know, a bit more freedom. Um, and, and I hope, you know, for her as a young woman, um, you know, she's seen me go mm. along this journey and she's she is incredibly proud of me, although she gets annoyed that I work too much sometimes. Um, you know, she's very proud and uh it you know, hopefully by you know, taking the leap and you know, going into the world of you know, owning my own business has taught her a bit as well
0: fantastic I'm sure she has it that has to rub off doesn't it that even if it's that sense of adventure of that sense of rising to a challenge you know whatever she does in life I'm sure that that seeing what you know your mum does or your parents do when you're a business owner I think you know it's got to rub off in some way shape or form
1: yeah and I think you know the fact that I've done it maybe not later in life because uh, believe it or not, I'm not quite forty yet but you know she's been she's a bit older more later in her you know childhood yeah. life. if I'd done this when she was four or five, I mean I just I wouldn't have probably been able to I guess um financially I had too many you know responsibilities too much
0: responsibilities to take the risk yeah
1: yeah but but because I've done it later and she's been it's more it's been more visible to her in a way you know yeah. she's really seen the journey that i've I've been on over the past two, three years and you know before. Launching my own business, I was up in London all the time, and in fact, even having my own business, I was up in London quite a lot. So, yeah, thankfully, the pandemic came along and I couldn't travel to London for ages. <laughs> <laughs> so, not thankfully the pandemic came along. That sounds terrible, but from a business point of view, yeah. it probably has And a hurt. family
0: balance point of view. Those yeah. kind of things will happen.
1: Yeah, and lo- and lots of people I think you know that I speak to have that you know in the world of business. You know, it's not been a it's not been a bad thing in terms of our, our family and work-life balance personally i found that it's, i've got two daughters 11 and 16 oh and similar I've ages actually,
0: yeah and um i found the challenge actually not being around them so much yeah you know one of the benefits was you know it, it was immensely frustrating and concerning with the pandemic and all of those kind of things but you know it was so lovely just to be with them and around them and yeah. now we're all back into our normal lives yeah you just kind of miss them and you think oh you know
1: i know <laughs> back just... at school is is it's been a straight you wheel know, it's been on and off and you're probably yeah. similar that at secondary school now both yeah. of yours the 11 year old yes. maybe just started yeah. yeah so that's been you know it has you know i mean gosh a, a journey in itself but i definitely think one of the good things was you know I mean I'm sure we drove each other mad at the beginning um but having that time together at home and being able to go for a walk together and we did you know every single day and, and that's things like that that we still do now that I just would never have probably made the time to do before so yeah
0: just become good habits just yes. to get the good habits
1: exactly yeah. exactly and,
0: and you know you're you're very kind of positive you've clearly you know first time we've ever spoken at uh, any length and so but it's great to see your positive outlook on life, but there must be times when things do get you down. How do you build your own resilience? how do you overcome those moments of self doubt you know how do you deal with that Katie
1: uh drink wine <laughs> that's a very
0: honest answer
1: yeah um do you know what I don't know i I think I am I'm one of the, those people that I don't get overly anxious or, or try not to worry about something. I, and I go with my gut feeling, but I think more than anything for me, it's about, you know, I'm so scared of failure that I'll always do something. So, you know, beginning of the pandemic, I guess probably the biggest thing that, you know, we've had to, any of us have probably had to overcome in some way. You know, I was, I straight away was like, right. I, that we're, doing stuff like this this, i'm not going to sit back so i think when there are challenges i'm very much focused on what's the solution what actions do i need to take in order to you know make sure that things are going to be okay it's very much not going to pass me by so i think quite action focused um yeah and then you know if it really gets bad then i'll just open a bottle of wine yeah
0: don't dwell on it too too (laughs) long and open the wine okay great tips right one final question It is called the Evolve to Succeed Podcast. So what's your definition of success, Katie?
1: Oh, gosh. Do you know what? That is one of the hardest questions. Um, And I've had a couple of people ask me this recently. I guess, ultimately, it's being happy, right? So, you know, it isn't about money or wealth or anything else. It's, you know, the definition is, for me, is about being happy and if i can help other people and make them happy i think you know if you'd asked me this 10 15 years ago i'd have had a very different view it would mm. probably have been a lot more focused on money and outcomes and a nice house and those are all things you know that i want <laughs> but the real definition for me of success is is i guess to have helped other people on this crazy journey of life um and to have you know, my own, a good balance, um, and my own happiness.
0: Great. That's a fantastic definition of success. So Katie, if people want to find out a little bit more about you, more about, you know, the street agency, more about Tamba, where can they go?
1: Yes. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, So my name's Katie Street, Katie with an IE, uh, but I guess the main places to go are our website. So go and visit street.agency. You'll find lots of helpful resources, podcasts, webinars, uh, insights, et cetera, if you're interested in new business marketing. And if you want to check out the marketing site for Tamba, which is now live, that's T A N B A dot i o. So the agency New Business Academy. So it's T A N for naughty, not M for mother. Uh, T A N B A dot i o. And Street Agency is very simply Street dot Agency. Perfect. Thank you,
0: Katie, for being a great guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast.
1: Brilliant. Thanks for having me, Warren.
0: I really enjoyed Katie's energy and vibrance. She's one of those that has got that rare combination of ambition and humility, as well as a great sense of humour. Two things that really stood out for me during our conversation was what Katie said about when everybody else zigs, you should zag. I love that term. And while in this context it applied to business, it's definitely a philosophy to apply to life in general. I believe you should always strive to do the opposite of what most people are thinking and doing the opposite to what most people think. A mindset like this takes bravery, discipline and determination but I believe it's one of the most crucial elements for success. The second thing was around the effect and influence Katie's decision to start her own business is having on her daughter. As parents caught up in the day-to-day running of our businesses we perhaps don't always recognize that our children are watching us and listening and taking it all in. This became particularly apparent to me during lockdown as I'm sure it did for many of you listening. And after my discussion with Katie, it struck me as something wonderful that in having the courage to set out on our own, we can perhaps pass this approach on to our children and implant some of that same desire and determination in them to succeed. Something to really think about and be aware of. Thank you for listening. And if you do want to learn more about Evolve, then please do go to EvolveMembers.com. You can register there for our weekly insights and newsletter, as well as learn about the services that we offer at Evolve, including our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, courses for teams, as well as our lovely co-working space, nationally Crossing Pool. And if you are a business leader in Dorset and Hampshire, then I'm really excited to be able to say that through the Dorset LEP and the Solent LEP, we have some fully funded peer network and peer group programs that we can offer to you. So if you want to learn more, again, go to the website or please call the team. I really do hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if so, please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing and listening to future episodes. Thank you for listening.